Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Welcome to our online service. What a privilege, what a blessing it is to spend this time together with you. And uh, yeah, I'd say I counted the, the privilege and I counted the blessing to be able to, to dig into the Word with you guys today. Let's pray as we just commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that your Word is alive, Lord. We thank you that your Word is, is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, and this this Today we ask, Lord, that you'd come by your Spirit, by your Word, and divide between soul and spirit, between bone and marrow, even as the Word says, that you'd come and divide, that you'd come and bring life to every heart that hears this in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can commit this time to you. We consecrate this time to you, Lord. May the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord. Lord, may your kingdom truly come, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives and through our lives in this time. In the name of Jesus, let your name be glorified. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to share some thoughts around the kingdom of God. And there's a lot that one can say about that. And there's a lot in scripture about the kingdom of God. But I want to focus specifically on one or two aspects. But I want to encourage you to go and do a search that's the amazing thing about having the Bible online is you can do a search. Do a search about the phrases where, where Jesus spoke of the kingdom is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like. It's a really incredible study to do um, that's really blessed me. Um, I want to just start with a definition from a, a dictionary that says the kingdom is a the noun, is a country ruled by a king or a queen. Uh, it's a, it could be an area that is controlled by a particular person or where a particular quality is important. For instance, and then the example that they give it is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of love. Uh, um, and there's a bunch of literally meanings as well. But um, the, it's, it's just, from Scripture we see that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdoms of the world. And even when we look at the life of Christ... Um, when his disciples were excited about him being a, a, a ruler in the in, in the flesh, becoming and delivering them from the Roman oppression, he had to, you know, he had to explain to them that his kingdom is not going to happen like that, and that was a big disappointment to them. But his kingdom is different. In fact, in John eighteen thirty six, Jesus um, says, and he says, Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not of this world." If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would, be, would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not like other kingdoms. And I, there's such a lot one can say about that. But today I want to focus specifically about what does it look like when the kingdom of Jesus, when the kingdom of heaven comes in our hearts, when the kingdom of God comes in our lives. What does it look like? And even there is a lot to be said you know, when we come across um, a bunch of these statements in Scripture around the kingdom, I want to just read one of them, where Jesus says, 
Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then his jo- his joy, then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And there's a whole bunch of these statements. I want to encourage you to go and read through them. Some of them are challenging. Some of them are amazing just to wrap our heads around this great value that these, that these examples portray. This is worth giving up everything for. Then there's a, there's a few other statements of Jesus that are most challenging. And I want to read one that's specifically challenging. And he, he says, if you want to be a part of this kingdom, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, um, this is what I require. And this is this challenge many people. In Luke chapter 14, 25 to 27, he said, Now a great now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And that is such a challenging verse. Um, I don't have time to expound on it a lot, but I want to say that Jesus doesn't say, yeah, you should go and hate people, but he's saying that our affection for Christ must outshine, must outweigh everything else in our lives. And I, I read a quote that I want to mention to you. There will be rivals warring for supremacy over the throne of our hearts. But our love for King Jesus must defeat everyone. In other words, that there will be opposition and there will be a fight for that place of, of, of the throne of our heart that Jesus can only he can occupy. And what he's saying here is that, that in, in comparison to our love for all those others, he's the only one that can receive our adoration and our love and our worship in that specific way. So, besides these things, I want to mention specifically a few things around, you know, what does it look like when the kingdom comes in our lives? And, you know, we can give some thought around that and we can think through it. And, you know, what is the evidence of, of the kingdom of God coming in our lives? Firstly, one can think, oh, yes, you know, we we start to do things differently when we come to Christ. When the kingdom of God comes in our lives, our deeds, our words change. The way we speak changes. The way we act changes. But today I want to focus on something that precedes even these. The way we think changes when we, when the kingdom of God comes in our lives. The way we handle ourselves changes. The way we, our, mot- our motives change. The way we, our emo- we handle our emotions, that all of that changes as the kingdom comes in our hearts, as the kingdom comes in our lives. And I want to look a little bit at that specifically. And um, so even before we get to actions, even before we get to words and actions, the kingdom of God must come in our thoughts, in our hearts. And that's my question for us to, to this, this day. To what extent is the kingdom of God coming in the way, in my deepest heart of hearts, in my 
deepest emotions and my deepest desires and motives? To what extent is this kingdom coming there? To what extent, I want to ask, am I submitted to Christ in what I allow to be going on in my heart, in my mind, in my thoughts? In, uh, I, uh, I love John Bevere. A lot of his writing is challenging. But uh, he's, he, he said something that I, I'm, I'm probably going to misquote him, but he, he said that there are three levels or three degrees of submission. And he said there's the, the first level is when we, when we obey, but it's not a willing obedience. And uh, the example he uses, or I like to use is of the little boy at the dinner table, maybe standing up on his chair, and his dad says, little Johnny, sit down. We're having dinner. And he says, I don't want to sit down. I want to stand up. And he's go back and forth. He says, sit down or else. And then Johnny sits down. He says, Daddy, I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. So that's, that's, that's exactly what, I, what he talks about when there's a, an obedience without a willingness. That means there's obedience without real submission. So that's the first level. The second level is a place where we willingly obey and we willingly submit and we wholeheartedly obey authorities that are over us. But then he says there's another level and he speaks of how we can proactively honor those that are in authority over us. How we can go out of our way to pray for them and to, to bless them and to encourage them. So, so even our submitting to Christ, there's different degrees and there's different levels. And I want to read this scripture from Isaiah 1 verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I want to say to you, I've had frustrating times in my life that I to wrestle with God. And I think this is at the core of that. I might have been obedient, but unless there's a submission of heart, a willingness in my obedience, I'm not going to eat the good of the land. He says there's a, there's, he requires of us both a submission of our hearts and our obedience. And I want to challenge us with this. What does that look like in our thought life, in our heart of hearts, in our emotions, in our thoughts? Obviously, when one looks at the, the, more, the bigger picture in terms of the kingdom of God coming in our lives, the, the one big measure or the one very um, the good measure that we have is to, to look at the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. I want to read that scripture just to remind us what are the fruit of the Spirit that God looks for? What does it look like, that fruit of being submitted to Christ? And as I read this, I want you to let us apply this to our thought life and our emotions and our motives um, also. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So powerful. And I'm, I'm to be honest with you, in the couple of, last couple of weeks, this is something I've been wrestling with God about. Because there have been days where all, it feels like all my buttons are being pushed at, at the same time. And I'm just to be honest with you, I've I, I thought of myself as a, a, quite a patient person, but there have been times lately where when those buttons are being pushed, where I realize, wow, I need the grace of God in this area. You know, when I, you know, we deal with children, when we're raising up our kids and we're discipling our children, there's a lot to, you know, we try to teach our children to deal with their emotions well. We try to teach our kids to 
to to handle their anger and to process emotions. But I can be, I have to be vulnerable with you today. The last couple of weeks, there have been moments where I had to go and apologize to my children and say, guys, I did not handle that well. I did not handle my emotions well. So that is a big area where I believe in this time, where there, in any season where there's a lot of pressure, but I suppose at the moment, for some, the pressures are even more than before. There's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of fear. Fear is a, is a big one, guys. Fear is a way of, of creeping in. And when we operate in fear, and when fear is on our hearts, it, it's, it's as if we, are so, we, it's, we struggle so much more to be godly in the way we think and feel and the way we handle ourselves when, when we're operating from a place of fear. There's a lot of fears out there, fears of the unknown, pressures that are piling on, some much more pronounced now than may, they may have been before. And uh, now's the time I've found God is doing such a precious work in our hearts. And, but as we align to, and as we bring these weaknesses to Him, He does a precious work in our hearts. There's two specific ways that I want to look at the way we can guard our hearts and the way we can trust for God's kingdom to come in our lives. And I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So there's two things I want to just quickly point out that Paul writes and ways that we can guard our hearts, ways that we can guard what's going on the inside. Guys, the, the problem with our hearts and our emotions and our thoughts is that we often automatically think that our thoughts are godly. We think that what, is, what we think must be good, but that's not the case. We are... We are fallen humans. In fact, the battle of the mind is the, is the most crucial battle. The battle of the thought is one of the biggest battlefields against sin. One of the battle for holiness happens first in our, in our hearts and in our minds. The battle for godliness happens first in our hearts, happens first in our thoughts, in our minds. And uh, the reality is we all have, to some degree, we actually we all have mental illness and it's called sin that's the reality guys we all have a mental illness that's called sin and as soon as we deal with that as soon as we realize wow I have to deal with this mental issue the issue of this battle of the mind the better we can be equipped to actually process it and really see God's kingdom coming in our thoughts coming in our emotions his kingdom coming in glory in the way we feel the way we express our emotions Then I want to just mention this our emotions, our ability to feel, our ability to express our emotions, our ability to, to um, think and express our thoughts, all of those are God-given, and they're a gift from God. 
And how we do that and how we glorify God in it is, is I believe, what we need to look at. How is God's kingdom coming in, right in there? Amen. So firstly, Paul writes about, he says, in everything, pray. Guys, this <clears throat> may sound cliched and may sound simple, but I want to encourage us. This is some, Paul hits the nail on the head here. In, this, in a time of turmoil, in a time of, of pressure, in a time of sometimes overwhelming pressure, overwhelming fear even maybe, overwhelming anger sometimes, I want to say to us, let's be followers of Christ that are in that moment of weakness, in that moment of pressure, in that moment of feeling overwhelmed and maybe feeling a feeling of heaviness. Let us be followers of Christ that bring those moments to Him in prayer, but not only in those moments. There's, I feel that as, as we walk in a habit of prayer, in a place of a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of, of talking to our Heavenly Father, having a, a constant communion with our Heavenly Father in the Spirit, it's so crucial for us to be able to unload, to be able to cast our cares upon Him, to be able to bring these things before Him, to, even before it, be, it becomes a heavy load, even before it becomes a stronghold in our minds. Make a point of bringing that thing to God. Make a point of submitting that thing that you're anxious about or angry about or hurting about to bring it to Him and say, Lord, I need Your grace in this area. I need Your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need your your healing in this area. And secondly, he says, fix our. He says to us to fix our thoughts. And he, the way that he says it, he says we should think about these kind of things. Guys, this is so crucial. This is such a crucial thing. What do we focus on? What do we fix our thoughts on? And he gives a whole list of things here. The reality is, guys, that we learn. As believers to resist, we learn to resist the works of the enemy. We learn to resist, to take captive thoughts that are not of God. But I want to say it's not good enough just to resist. We need to replace. So when those thoughts come, when those, those ungodly things happen, when those emotions get overwhelming, let's not only resist, but let's replace. That's what Paul is saying. He says, think of these things. Put your Focus your thoughts, focus your Emotions focus your thinking and your your meditation on these things, and they will be fruit worthy of repentance. Amen. Focus on these things. So I want to encourage us: do not only just resist when you recognize, "Wow, this is getting too much. This is clearly an attack from the enemy. This is these thoughts are not of God." These thoughts are depressing me or they're making me angry or I'm, I want to do something now that's not godly or whatever you're working through, whatever you're wrestling through, take it captive. Resist it, yes, in the name of Jesus. Take it captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, but then replace it with what is godly. Replace it with what is good. Replace it with all these things that he mentions here. Um, and know that you will see that the fruit of that in your life. I, I want to encourage us guys, this, this is a time where I believe, and I've seen, and just in this last week, I've been so encouraged by testimonies, having chats with my colleagues, having visiting people, I'm so blessed to have these pastoral visiting permits, 
I've been so encouraged by the testimonies of people saying God is doing precious work in my heart right now. People that are under immense pressures of various kinds. People that are wrestling with things. People that are under extreme circumstances but saying God is doing something precious in my heart. Saying I'm, I'm realizing things about God and I'm realizing things about myself that I didn't know before. I want to encourage you. Bring your heart before Him. Allow Him to, allow His kingdom to come in that area where you are feeling overwhelmed, in that area where you feel maybe this is too much or I don't have answers or I'm, my emotions are all over the place. A big part of this, what Paul writes about bringing everything to Him in prayer is trusting that, you know, that His peace comes beyond our understanding. In other words, we trust Him beyond what we are able to comprehend. Beyond what we are able to understand. So bring it before the Lord. I don't understand this. I don't have answers for this. But I trust your peace. I need your peace in my life. I need your presence. I need your, your healing in this area. I feel specifically that there are some that are feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're wrestling with depressive thoughts. Maybe you... You're wrestling with loneliness. I want to encourage you to reach out to God, to, re- to bring, you, bring your need before Him in prayer. But not only that, I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody. In fact, if, if you're um, joining us for the first time today, and we're going to pray together in a moment, there's going to be a link at the below the video in the description. And I want to encourage you if you need somebody to pray with you, if you need somebody to visit you, if you're wrestling with even suicidal thoughts, if, you, if you're feeling overwhelmed, there's somebody that can walk around with you. There's somebody that can reach out to you. We would love to do that. So if you have a need, or if you don't have somebody to reach out to, please click on the link below. Even if you just need somebody to pray with you, even if it's not a heavy thing or a big thing, even if you just need somebody to pray, We'd love to do that. So please click on that link. We'd love to be in contact with you. And I want to encourage you, bring those things to God. Bring those things that overwhelm you to Him. Allow God to take those heavy burdens. Allow God to replace them with joy. He turns our mourning into joy. Amen. And let's trust that even in our deepest, deepest heart of hearts, even in our, in our deepest emotions and our motives and our, our, what gets up, up, us up in the morning, that in, those, in that place in our heart, His kingdom will come. The kingdom of Jesus is about His reign. Where is Jesus reigning? To what extent is Jesus reigning in our hearts, in our lives, in our emotions? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you know our hearts. And even when everything on the surface looks fine, but we are not fine, thank you that you know. And you know exactly what we need, Lord. And this morning, today, Lord, we humbly bring our hearts before you, Lord. We bring our minds before you. We bring our emotions before you. We bring our anger before you, our our fears before you, Lord. All those things that 
sometimes are so overwhelming, we bring before you in the name of Jesus. And we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your grace flood into this, these areas. Let, let forgiveness come, Lord. Let us, give us grace to forgive. Give us grace to receive healing. Give us grace to, to receive your provision that you've made through the cross of Christ for each of these. Let your kingdom come in our heart of hearts in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person listening. I command every heaviness to lift in the name of Jesus Christ. I command every thought that is not of God to desist in the name of Jesus. And I speak new hope into every heart. That hope that we have in Christ, that hope that we have in your love, Lord, that hope that we have in your salvation, in your presence, Lord, that hope that we have in you that is an anchor for the soul. I speak that hope over every heart. I speak that peace over every heart that transcends understanding. I thank you, Lord, for your kingdom to come in our lives, in our thoughts, in our hearts, and through us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time today. If you'd like us to reach out to you, please click on the link and send us your details. We'd love to, to chat with you. We'd love to get into contact. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.